Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of El Power with Pops coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. Uh, thank you so much for joining in this evening and uh, taking the time to listen. Uh, tonight I have a guest that I have a, a recurring, this is my first uh, recurring guest. Uh, someone that uh, the last time we had spoken, uh, this was a gentleman who was in a band that I saw back in the 80s. Uh, down in Sarasota in Venice and uh, ever since then of course through the last episode he explained he's gone through a very uh, you know his whole life has been catered around music and and the art that lies within and uh, tonight I want to welcome back Dan Destructo what's up man how are you doing how are you doing I'm doing great man uh, first off um, how's your year been man uh, you know, um, of course, the COVID party is the COVID party. <laughs> you know, I possibly uh, was COVIDed out in the beginning, um, and that was intense. Uh, but, you know, if that's what happened, I don't know. Um, yeah. And uh, and then, of course, we were... Like, as you said, on the precipice of finishing the record and yes. getting it mixed and everything. And then uh, Walter, our drummer, had been ill, and I was trying to get it knocked out in case he passed away. But basically happened at the same time. The, the record got done, and Walter decided to move on into another dimension at about the same time. So No kidding. Yeah, wow. it's pretty wild. Wow. Uh empathies, sir. Yes, yes. Uh, he'd been he'd been ill for a while, like uh but yeah, you know, he was fighting a good fight and yeah. trying to push through, but uh it just didn't work out that way. Yeah, we're getting to that age, aren't we? Yeah, you know, it's going around. It's going around over the years. Yeah, man. I mean, but that's what makes it I don't know. I guess that's what makes it exciting to live. You know, life is hard. And yeah, yeah. Life is hard, and no one survives, man. We all we all go, so it's kind of like it's it's enjoyment for me because I know that no one's gonna stay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No matter, I mean, we're we're. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, we're all passing through. Yeah, we're all passing through. Just spaced us, man. Just spaced us. We got the record knocked out, and I had some other stuff kind of uh, in the pipeline as well. Yeah. And we, I put out some older stuff that was just, uh, I'd been in in the process of not having a lot of work at the moment. I do have like a small studio, and I was uh, got some of my old tape machines up and running, oh, and cool. I knocked out some... Uh, Two track cassette stuff. That oh, was sure. what the uh, which came out right after the uh, Straight Lines Crooked Merles was a was one that's just a, like a, a garage recording of when we were getting ready to record the first demo, and that's uh, Dave was here because there was the second lineup of No Fraud. The original lineup was myself. Right. Uh, we had had a couple different drummers, but we were the real version when we started playing shows and touring a little bit was with, with Mike, who was the drummer on the first demo yeah. and the seven inch. Um, and me playing guitar and, and singing. And of course, Jason on bass buzz. But then our friend Dave, who was also starting to really get into playing guitar. Yeah. Um, and he was a friend from skating and everything. He, uh, got on board and he actually helped write, you know, about a third of the first tape, if not, yeah, around a third of the first tape. So it was just good to get his, like, name and image out there right. because he's kind of like, I think a lot of people just kind of assume No Fraud was from the first seven inch, which was right. like 80, 80, 86, or yeah. actually from the demo. A lot of people know about the demo tape, at least of that so that'd be like 85 yeah. but in reality i mean we recorded that started scratching the demos and stuff around 83 84 and then there's the demo lp yeah. which is uh the revolt one 
and that is an actual four track recording cassette four track which is a lot better quality uh and that's with terry playing guitar so there's other songs added obviously yeah that he helped write damn so, the new so record, man. we need to get Dave in there. Yeah. We needed to get Dave's name out there. <laughs> no, that's awesome, man. That's what it's about, you know, like, you know, the artists supporting artists. That's the only way that we can uh, survive, it seems, nowadays. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you, you got to give a friend a hand up, man, like whenever you can. So, and so. And, than, to, and to write a little bit of a. You know, add another paragraph to the uh, Florida punk rock history yeah. by, you know, there was, a, there was another realm of no fraud that didn't really uh, see the light of day unless you were like in Venice or at a few shows that Dave played in. Right. So that's awesome. You need to get Dave out there. Yeah. 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 So, so the being in California, you said the COVID, COVID stuff's been crazy and you guys was, were working on this record. Did, did you get it done at right as everything started shutting down, or were you recording through that time period a little bit? Um, we had cut a lot of the, like, the, what's weird is we initially started out to record a 7-inch, so that's basically half the songs, and we started recording some of that as early as, I think, 2013, 2014. Wow. And then... Six Weeks Records, who had put out the, the Revolt 1984 demos LP, was like, yeah, I'd be interested in doing some new stuff. So uh, that kind of helped initiate that. And then by around 2015 or 16, we started recording some more stuff. Like this would happen when I would go back because Walt has a studio yeah. in his house, a small studio. And uh, so I would bring some of my gear and we'd record. <laughs> But, like, the, the, we kind of were only hyped to do the 7-inch. I, mean, I had songs, some of that I had written, you know, over the years, and some that were brand new. And um, the six weeks all of a sudden said, like, they didn't really want to do a 7-inch. They were really only interested in putting out an album. Oh, shit. So then we were like, ah, damn it. And we were kind of in the middle of touring, and the and then the... Revolt album had come out, so we toured on that, and that kind of broke up our opportunities to record. Yeah. So it kept getting prolonged. Like, if it had just been a 7-inch, it probably would have come out in, like, 2015 or 16. Oh, shit. But because of, this, oh, because of like, the touring and then the, uh, the request for more songs and the fact that we don't all live in the same place. Yeah. Um, and I was working a shitload, and Walt was working a shitload. And, uh, and, and people were in other bands and, and, um, so that like took time away and they were touring. And so it was just really convoluted and got stretched out Wow! and we had planned to go to China and that was like going to be in 2019, uh, wait, uh, that was going to be in 2018. Damn. And so that was like slowing the record down. And so there's all this shit going on at one time. And then. Walt got sick, so I it kind of stopped us from playing. So I doubled down on trying to finish the recording, right? Because um, most of it now was in my lap, like mixing and doing all my guitar parts and vocals, and so I was knocking out a lot of that. And then I and then the China tour did come together, so that slowed it down a little. And I had to go to China and play that tour. But around that same time, I was just in the final aspects of finishing it up. And, uh, and so when I got back, I knocked it out the rest of the way. Um, and that was that. So now we just got to get it pressed. I um, mean, yeah, obviously it's been out, but not in the uh, vinyl format yet. Yeah. But that is a curve. That's, that's awesome. So you, it was you kind guys... of a long and convoluted adventure. Seems... And what's funny is the album artwork. Yeah which was, I, I conceptualized and uh, got it done, um, was, was uh, funny that it came, I like got the artwork, I sketched it out in like 2014 or 15 or something, Jeez. and then five or six years later, it, it kind of came true, yeah. <laughs> which was, 
couple people that's the one made thing, some jokes for me. I wanted to ask you about that because I mean, you last time we talked, you're you're pretty, you seem to be you know well read on politics and stuff like that. And do you think being a musician uh, sometimes? And especially since you're, you know, you've been doing this for such a long time and you've watched politics your whole life. Do you think that helped you kind of see what the future was going to bring? And that's why in the beginning you were writing these songs like so long ago, but yet they seem so pertinent nowadays? Uh, to some degree. I mean, I think, I guess part of the, my, if, if we'll say I have an ability, my ability to maybe uh, distill some of the thoughts and ideas from either side, like in this case, we're speaking of maybe uh, uh, Democrats on one side and Republicans right. supposedly on the other, um, that I, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a anarchist, so I'm not really invested in either people's uh, political posturing or... Right. Or so I'm I'm like not caught up in it. Yeah. So it's easier for me to look at it from the outside. Right. And 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 say like, well, you know, you're both kind of doing the same thing. Like whoever gets in power, um, you know, plays up their sob story. Yeah. And then when the other side gets in, they play up their sob story, and they yeah. kind of do the same yeah. political maneuvers to each other. But then when they when it happens to them, it's horrendous. You're right. But when but when, but when it's the shoes on the other foot, right. it's like, what's the big deal? Like these guys broke this law or did this, or we're going to prosecute them or we're going to investigate them or we're going to do this political maneuver. Like, uh, everybody you know, always gets off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the end, exactly. In the, in the end. And that's the best part is there's all this posturing and words thrown around and maybe somebody even gets arrested. Yeah. But, they don't do time or they get a fucking pardon right. or, you know, or, or it's only one person when you know for sure it was a series of decisions made by oh. a series of people right. all leading up to <laughs> the, whatever the crime was. Right. Um, if it's even considered a crime, you know, because of political jargon or law, you know, some lawyers How helping you maybe parse some things. Yep. Right. Or rewrite the law yep. so that now there is a loophole, yep. you know, it's like, so yeah, uh, since I'm not like in completely invested yeah. in either side, it's kind of easy for me to, uh, write a critique on right. some things. And that's kind of how the songs come about. I mean, even the songs, some people now that have started listening to all this again, uh, you know, occasionally I have people write me like, man, I just listened to their old demo tape and boy, a lot of that is really like some of that's still really super accurate and relevant today. I'm like, well, yeah, because I wasn't just, you know, I mean, yes, I hate Reagan, but um, that wasn't my, <laughs> that wasn't my <laughs> lyrics. Like, like, like I, I don't like the system that created a Reagan is what, exactly. you know, more my take. Yeah. that's awesome no like that's the thing like because right now it's like you know this whole after what happened in dc i just want to ask you that question what how do you feel about what happened in dc that's a good one i mean i don't want anybody to die or anything right. be it you know uh by suicide or or you know, or, or, you know, getting killed or having a heart attack or, um, but at the same time, um, I mean, some of the stuff that went on around that is weird. Like I, I don't, I fucking hate Trump, but I shouldn't say hate. I don't like Trump because I don't think he's a, from what I can tell, uh, from the little bit I you know know about, I don't know him personally. He doesn't, um, doesn't seem to have a good he, spirit. <laughs> or good yeah, he seems yeah. like not in general, just not a good person, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. And and yeah. and maybe I could even prove it by going through you know what He's, most of society considers is moral. Yeah, um, completely. But, but beyond that, like like whether how you feel about what happened. Yeah. Like the fact that, um, you know, major international corporations could take away 
his supposed voice, even while he was still the frickin' president, right. is a little creepy. Yeah. You know, like, what if it was your guy? Like, if you're a Democrat and it happened to like, uh, Biden right now, like, for yeah. some reason, he said something that was offensive or maybe even criminal, and instead of... I, I mean, I get why maybe it should be done, but at the same time, maybe the government should vote on it, not, like, just some people in a corporation are like, oh, no, you're done. Yeah. Yeah, it's... It's kind of really Big Brother esque, like yeah. yeah once like it, that once it is, seems the people, uh, you know, it would have been different. Like if it would have been, if that would have happened during a Black Lives Matter march. It right. Was, it had, right. It, like it, we, I, we definitely realize the hypocrisy in politics, almost to the point to where even if white men attack the Capitol, they're not going to kill them. Right, like I think there's a weird hypocrisy uh, there that, like, like you can't stand up against something you disagree with, or or you understand that the the corporatocracy has taken over and has built this weird oligarchy of wealthy corporatists, and you sit back and you can be on each side and disagree with that because I mean I know people on all sides I'm sure just like you, and no one agrees with greed and taken away from the people that service you know like right it's, it's yeah it's like two wings on the same but at the hand. same time i would say um like i don't agree with the politics of probably most of the people that were at the right protest it wasn't like a you know, there, were there people there that probably had some version of insurrection plan? Quite possibly, but I don't fucking know because I haven't seen the evidence. And even if the evidence suddenly appears, how do I know it's even real anymore? Right. Like, it's just because, and, and that is the fault of the government itself by, right. as soon as the government decides that it, it can keep things secret from you forever, basically, mm -hmm. um, and you know that some evidence has come out that is real, that's not disputable. It's like right. in government papers, let's say. Yes, yeah, that is all the time. See, proof, proof that forever. right, proof that they maybe lied to you or covered something up. Yep. Um, well, guess what? Now people don't trust government because there's a proven track record yep. that they've manipulated facts and done things. So it doesn't matter if it's yeah. Democrat, Republican, or whatever. Yeah. Like. People in general have learned not to trust the government completely. Yeah. So now, now that is why, like people are asking, why is there all the, you know, say conspiracy theories? Um, well, because some conspiracy theories aren't conspiracy theories anymore. Like it's yeah. been proven you know, and people forget that it was once a conspiracy, right. but also it's the fact that people have learned not to trust the government. So now you've opened yourself up to people doubting you forever because yep. you have a bad track. It's like if it's like if you cheat on your girlfriend or your boyfriend. Right. For the rest of that relationship, there's always going to be a little bit of fucking doubt right. in there. Yeah, totally. So I mean, yeah. even if everything's a kosher and everything's good, <laughs> right. there's still there's still always going to be. Yep. A, a little bit of yeah. rush to judgment if something goes slightly askew. No, true. That's very funny. Because I always, I mean, I, I, I knew back I, in the day, like when when I listened to you guys' music and stuff like that. Even like when we were talking about like, you were saying Reagan, I remember when Reagan was in office, and I always would get in debates with people about his politics and that he was just an actor uh, for GE. Um, <laughs> and uh, most people don't it's so funny because like even people who are in what you would call the scene or whatever don't take the time to figure out where when if they feel like they're so left or progressive they don't take the time to figure out w the history of all the people that they're choosing uh, the people that they're deciding on to, to vote for because of a certain reason this you know rather it be the first black president or the first female vice president, you know, like 
uh, my argument with some of that right. stuff is, you know, like it, it kind of the hypocrisy, the kids don't, I don't think they get the hypocrisy nowadays for some reason. There's not, there's not a connection. They don't, they're not able to connect those two things. Do you think that's based on growing up? Cause I'm on the edge of like super hyper consumerism. Like I kind of got to see the end of kind of not a pastoral society by any means, but, but everything didn't have advertising on it. Now yeah. everything is, is like identified with a brand or an image. And if you grew up with that imagery and iconography, you know, uh, just the icons meaning more than the product to some degree yeah. that, that like you're saying like, okay, we'll vote for that black guy because he's black and obviously it's going to be different. Not thinking like, well, who's sponsoring him or what, to, what, what are the person's former past politics or, you know, Kamala Harris. If he's not, really related, um, if he's related to George Bush or not. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. And, and the same, I'm, I'm just using those people yeah. because I think a lot of uh, people, maybe my age or a little younger, like thought that things were going to be dramatically different yes. when they, and, and part of it was the whole hope speech that he got. Yeah. But, you know, um, and then things really weren't that different. In fact, things got worse in some ways, like yeah. more, we started bombing people yeah, we with uh, yeah. robots, yeah. basically, right? Like yeah. human operated robots, Bullshit. like, uh, more people got deported under that president than any other president. Like, yep. did we stop messing around in other countries? No, we didn't. Like, yeah. so it's, I, again, disillusionment. Yeah. But like you're saying, people, the next group of people and people in general are, they're like, well, look, we can, uh, like you're saying, vote in this old white dude that was friends with that other guy that we liked those times better, even though we were killing as many or more people. Like, because right. like I said, they don't think about the research or right. look at the numbers. Like, it's just like, it seemed like it was better. Like, and maybe it was, I, you know, I'm not going to totally uh, split hairs, but I'm totally. just saying parts of it were far worse. Yes. So, yeah. which are, it's not, it's not, it's <laughs> not, yeah, so, I mean, it's a numerical fact. Yep. Like, okay, we killed more people. We deported more people. So, yeah. uh, I, you know, I mean, people can argue about the reasons for it, which if that's just somewhat justifiable if you want to get into the dirt dirt of it. But right. the, I mean, if you're just buying something, like you're saying, because it's black, white, Asian, uh, you know, Native American, uh, or it's Republican, or it's Libertarian, yeah. or it's they you know, it, Democrat. They put like, it in a box, right? Which you're and not, then you're forced. Yeah. You're forced. Well, do you feel forced to purchase the product? Yeah. You know, <laughs> like because it's because there is no other product. Yeah. Exactly. Well, this record and, and, and people, I think, like you're saying, modern people, yeah, are, are kind of okay with that, right? Because that's that's how the market is. That's right. how everything is. Everything's that way. Yeah. So have you guys, with this record coming out and doing as much as you have, like, I mean, especially even with the things changing nowadays and going on, I mean, are, are, are you thinking of writing more stuff now that you put this record out? Yeah, I mean, I'm... I'm uh, right now. I'm still knocking through the archives a little bit. I've right. got an old demo we put out, so I'm going to drop that here in the next month or so. Cool. And then uh, I have to get the vinyl done of the record. Yeah. That's going to take a little time and a little money, but uh, it's pretty much ready. I mean, the artwork and everything is done. Yeah. Um, so I got to get that knocked out. And then, how many, uh, you, how many copies are you trying to do? Not too many, probably at the most like 300, depending on distribution and stuff. Right. I mean, these days, honestly, not too many bands really sell much more than three to 500 copies of vinyl. Right. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, uh, like I just got 
the that album, the uh, Straight Lines Crooked Moral album, yeah. Moral album. Like Walt, it's one of the things Walt and I were debating. Uh, he was going to like take care of the pressing and everything because he has the print shop. Now I've you know now I'm trying to sort through all whatever we had going on, but we had a discussion about putting it on like iTunes or Spotify. Right. You know, those type of things. Amazon. Um, Bandcamp. Because, yeah, I mean, Bandcamp's not as bad because it's a little more of a, a like, a DIY style. Yeah. But, and you, you know, you can at least get paid whatever maybe price you choose to yeah. put on it or yeah, people you, donate money on there. More control. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, on Spotify, it's literally, you're getting paid you know, nothing, <laughs> yeah. but, but what everybody's doing, you know, like the reason, one of the reasons record sales are still, I mean, they went up obviously for the past 10 years, yeah. but they've kind of, they kind of plateaued and if not are actually going down is because people now, um, kind of what we we're talking about that everything's like on demand, it's easy to get to. Right. So people are using things like, you know, uh, Spotify and things where they can create playlists and, and and I get part of it because it's somewhat interactive and it can maybe turn you on to some bands you haven't heard before, yes, which kind of yeah. kind of like what are what used to happen when you walked into a record store, right. <laughs> like you know Holy you would shit, say oh well I like this album, yeah. and when you picked it up, the person in the record store he or she would tell you uh, oh you like that band well you should check out this band or, you know, and, and then sometimes they play it for you right there and you'd be like, Oh, cool. I kind of like that. Maybe I'll get that too. But, um, so I get that part of Spotify and things like that is because you, A, you don't have to carry everything around with you and you don't have to have it all on your phone right. or whatever device you're using. Um, and then B, you get access to new stuff, which is super cool. But yeah. then, uh, and you get referred things also cool. But the, the major problem is uh, the, the artists are getting, aren't getting paid shit. Right. Yeah, that's... So that's, it's kind of a little... Trade-off. Like, it has a major, <laughs> major flaw. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, too, uh, with, the, with the new technology is that, like, you know, I, I've been thinking about, like, how could you set up a music site like a Spotify or a Bandcamp where the bands can be fully patreon and only the, the 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 whatever music setup it is they only get a small percentage of it because they're paying for you know space on a computer somewhere you know what i mean like right you know like someone who's like they, it'd be great to to find a way to figure out how bands can in this time uh get their music out there and and still take care of business like they need to. I mean, you people are in bands. Yeah, I mean, would it, would it be that horrifying if Spotify or something like Spotify right. um, existed where they gave 50% of the revenue back to the bands or something? Like, you wouldn't feel that bad if you're an artist. Like, oh, well, I'm getting half. They need to run the business. They need to have service space or, you know, yeah. whatever. So, like, I get it. Like, but for it to be like 98, well, actually, in actuality, it's more like 99% of the revenue wow. kicked back into them is, is, I mean, you get paid like a third of a cent or something on Spotify. Oh, I can't remember right wow. now. So it's, <laughs> uh, actually, it's less than that. It's, I think it might be less than that. I can't remember. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it gets to the point where, but the problem is because people like, uh, and I say people, I mean, uh, corporations, which are people, um, uh, to some degree, uh, <laughs> are so, are so big at some point that say, if you and I started a company that with those guidelines, like, all right, we're going to get half back or whatever it is, whatever yeah. the number is, um, we probably couldn't get server space because a, we're competition yeah. and B, you know, they've so there is conspiracy in there to some degree, or they'll just price point you out. Well, yeah, you yeah. know, they're like, "Well, you guys are, yeah. you guys are only using this much space. Like, it's going to cost you this much money." Right. 
when, and, and, and not technically illegal, right? But definitely conspired upon by some point by like say Amazon and Spotify and, oh, totally. and companies like that, right? That because they don't want competition. Yeah, but but like that's the thing. Like even it seems like DIY is competition to them. Like that's what's so funny to me is like the, the people well, that did it in the eighties and the nineties. Did these people? We didn't were. Any, and we, yeah, you get no. But we were attention. like that was. Like, it, but that it, we did become a problem to the record industry. Yeah. I mean, we weren't like the problem, but we were a problem. And when and when they came through in the late eighty, well, actually started almost it, just after the mid eighties. So like 86, 87, 88, 89, yep. when what is called college radio started blowing up. Um which were at that time, they weren't like KCRW out here. They weren't sponsored by, in their case, Sony. They were just independent radio stations that were funded by college money within the system. Yeah. Some of it from the state, but you know, whatever. But, and they had a broadcast license that was connected to their nonprofit status. <laughs> and, and they got, they, a lot of their catalog just got sent in by small record labels looking for somebody that would play their music or as a band member, I sent music directly to radio stations that I, you know, cause they would, they were smart. The kids that were DJs would advertise like say in maximum rock and roll or something like, you know, yeah. uh, KCR seven in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, 90.4. And they would just be an address like send in your punk or whatever music they were looking for. And, and thousands of people would send them records. Right simple right yeah. but but the problem was it started blowing up and and whatever small percentage we took from the corporations of like new and upcoming artists was apparently hurting their bottom line so they came out and started trying to buy some of these bands well through the late 80s not too many bands sold out some did most wouldn't sell out well, guess what? By like the end of the '80s and going into the early '90s, they they figured out, you know, just as grunge was say starting to blow up, right. um, and and pop punk and ska punk and all those things, they realized like shit, we don't have to buy the bands, we'll just buy the labels. Mm, that's right. Yeah, so they yeah, came in right. and started buying the labels and the distribution services. Yeah. So that the bands couldn't make any money anymore. Because, I mean, we were making okay money between selling records and playing shows. You know, and they went after the clubs as well at that around that same time. Yeah. Um, but, and they they took and basically crushed the revenue flow to all those little bands who didn't sign because they kind of were surviving. Right. Like they're like, well, why would I? take a risk on this big thing when I actually kind of have something cool going on. I'm making a record every year. I'm getting played on the radio. I can come into town, play some shows, get interviewed. I promote the show. I'm in magazines. Yeah. Like, and you can pay your bills. It didn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, but then they came in. That's the thing about independent music is like, I know people that are still playing independent music and they're, and they, they tour when they can, but like they make a living just playing music, like, and it's independent still, you know, like it's possible. Yeah, it's still, it, it still exists. It's just the, the, in fact, it's almost bigger in a way, like we were saying, like with, um, you know, things like Bandcamp and other yeah. digital distribution services and websites and, and, uh, social media. Yeah. Um, it's made it you kind of, yeah. There's definitely like maybe a more of a plethora of bands, but you also notice like some of those services catering to like help people get their stuff out, which is good. But at the same time, it may be in, in a way in the in the olden days uh, in the eighties <laughs> there was a little bit of um, weeding out. Yeah, because 
uh, it wasn't so easy to put something out. It took more time, so maybe some of the bands that didn't turn into like great bands, instead of hearing somebody's like super sophomore effort, not even sophomore, freshman, the <laughs> before freshman effort, and then yeah. you know they maybe even get a good press package at a sweet website, but then you listen to the band, and you're like, ah, it sounds like this band almost verbatim, or right. or like people don't have a chance to find themselves. And then what sucks is instead of that band getting a chance to mature and kind of come into their own, they get negative press or people bag them and they give up because they, they never even had the chance to like look at themselves like through their own eyes. Like right. everything's like somebody else's opinion or it's, it's a weird, I mean, there was good things about the old system yeah. and then, you know, and there's good things about the new system, but I, for being in both of them, I see some of the weird, you know, and some of it's predatory. Like some of the websites are definitely just trying to get your money out of you mm -hmm. to like help you promote your release or whatever. I, I, and I have to, and I have, I have proof that it doesn't work because I've, I, I tried it three different times. I did it on Facebook, right? I take a podcast. Right. I'll take a podcast from my Facebook page uh, and I'll just do like five bucks for a day. You know, and they say you're supposed right. to get like 2,700 likes. I averaged maybe two or three. Right. It's... So it's like it's bull. These these people are promising stuff that they can't actually, they don't have the ability to actually give you because they don't have the access to the people that listen to you. They just think you're right, this right. thing. So it's like they, they, the funniest part is, is if they – if they took my podcast probably and, and actually put some effort into it and realized like I was going through my, my analytics on SoundCloud, people are listening to me in Moscow. Like that's a good analytic. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. There's punk bands in Russia that like my shit. There's people in, you know, like, in Eastern Europe that listen to this show. There's people in India that listen to the show. There's people in Japan and China that listen to the show. So it's like, there's punk bands all over the place. There's people out there. So that's the, the you know, like you're, that's, that's a lot of people to reach. And if I give you five bucks and you have the ability to reach that many people, which they do, they'd make money if they just right. put the effort into it, you know, instead of just taking the five bucks. <laughs> you know, like it, it doesn't take much effort right. to pull in viewers if you know what someone's analytics are. And, you know, Facebook knows everyone's analytics. They have whatever. Yeah, they know well enough to, uh, you know, what ads to throw at you about things you've looked at on different devices. Yeah. And, but so yet they could make yeah, more they, money, but they're, it's like they're, they're not they're not using their the DIY mindset well, to it, I think. Cause to me it'd be like, yeah, but <laughs> there be... might, I mean, you're, you're being, uh, maybe super honest about it. I'm thinking <laughs> there could be other reasons. Who yeah. knows what they are? Yeah, right. Uh, not yeah. even in a conspiratorial sense. No, I, I just mean it. like, no, I'm, like, gonna, I'm, uh, waiting, I'm waiting for the FBI to knock on my door one day and be like, we, there's kids in Russia listening to you. What are you saying? <laughs> you know yeah you, you never know could be part of the content where they're like we're not yeah. or they've been told not to promote it or they know they shouldn't promote it or exactly. who i mean <laughs> it's freaking it's crazy like yeah. you don't you just, you just don't know yeah so it's but i i mean i think it's good that a lot of the things that exist but like say somebody had a good idea like say you and I did start said uh, you know music digital music distribution or whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean somebody could buy you out or what you know all the many things that happen or totally. Because it, it, it seems like a lot of these things were good ideas and some of the people were punks that started them and then some of them just cash out you know. Yeah. It's it's a kind of a weird. 
paradigm uh, where I've, everybody I've, I've at some point just I've been doing this podcast for six years now. I have not cashed out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I me, not, me either. Me I, either. I, I make no money. I buy shirts. You know, I give them away for free. I make patches. I give them away for free. You know, like I, I, I my, my thing is, is I, you know, I feel uh, a connection is that like we're just trying to uh, preserve a true history um, no matter what it is and no matter what subject it is and we're trying to preserve history of music and and make sure that many generations beyond us don't forget about it and why it exists and uh, you know like having these conversations is always an amazing thing for me because I feel so lucky that there are people out there that have the same mindset and it always seems to be an artist and a musician for some reason. And, uh, and it's like, what is your, do you have, do you do things other besides music artistically? Is there anything that you do that is beyond music? Like, is there something? Uh, when I was, when I was very small, I was a, uh, a, a, I went to like a little art school and stuff when I was little and I, cause I, I drew a lot okay. and I sold a, some art show. I sold a, uh, like a landscape and charcoal and stuff when I was little. And then wow. I, I don't know what happened. I, I, like by the time I was like eight or nine, I was like, I just couldn't, I didn't like the place anymore. I didn't like what was going on. <laughs> right. And I, I, the whole vibe, something was weird. And so I got out of that and uh, it was weird. Around that same time, that's when my parents started pushing me to like, because they were super right-wing Christian. Right. Um, Lucky us. Pushed me into like, they were like, you have to learn uh, piano and organ because you like music. And, Right. I was like, all right, you know, like once the drawing thing didn't pan out the way they wanted, so they got me like um, taking like organ lessons from some. It was it was it was freaking crazy because I would go in there and I had songs in my head, so I'd start playing them, you know, just notes yeah. on the on the organ, and and the lady'd be like, "What are you doing? <laughs> like I, I, that isn't your lesson, yeah, you know, that kind of thing." <laughs> and, and I only lasted like. Uh, you know, like a month or two before the lady was just like, I can't deal with them anymore because I was also like a hyperactive child. And so it was, and then uh, I was like still drawing and stuff, but I like, I kind of like, by then had gotten into skateboarding and yeah. it was like, so that was kind of like my art was like yeah. inventing tricks and doing totally. stuff like that. So that's like, it's easy for me, like, to conceptualize the cover and sketch it out. Yeah. But then I have somebody else who's way better at it than me, yeah. like lay it out and design it I'd, the rest of the way. I had a feeling that, that that was your idea, like just by talking to you. Like I could see you, that being your vision. Um, it's funny. You were yeah, because it kind of is a vision of, because uh, I already had like half the songs down and I was like, hmm, it seems like there's a, a direction here, I guess. I don't know, whatever you want to call it, a concept maybe yeah. of uh, of an overarching theme of most of the songs. So, yeah. Is there any song in particular that you're, uh, I have the lyrics in front of me that I can, so I can, if you asked me about a song, I could tell you what it was about without having to try to remember it. <laughs> I, I get what you're saying through all of them, for sure. Because it, it, yeah, as long as you read the lyrics, yeah. I, I doubt you can actually. Uh, <laughs> actually, I was listening actually... to it earlier. I, I could totally hear you singing. Like there was no problem whatsoever. I could hear what you were saying. Like it, I, it's just having that ear for it. I guess you know, listening to yeah. I mean, if you so long listen, you can... if you're grown up listening to to punk, it's yeah. not so bad. But yeah, some people like I, they're like, what like you I'll. Uh, there? <laughs> yeah what is this what the fuck but uh no that's awesome man um so you are an artistic person you grew up artistic skating it's funny i was talking i interviewed someone 
last week who's from Sarasota who's like a skater dude. Do you know Chris Lilly? Chris Lilly? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know Chris. Yeah, yeah. Well, I interviewed him last week, and uh, I just put the interview up. It was like we talked for like an hour and 45 minutes. It was pretty funny. But uh, I guess they're doing music down in Sarasota right now and stuff. And I, I he had mentioned you, I think, and they were talking about like skating and stuff around Sarasota. And we, we had a lot of like old school memories of Sarasota. And it was a pretty, pretty cool thing to, you know, nostalgize about and uh, talk about the old days. And uh, that kind of made – and once I – had the record and I was listening to you and then I talked to him. I was like, man, I got to talk to Dan again, you know, like, cause it just kind of brought it round circle, uh, about, yeah, you know, yeah. about Florida, about skaters, about art, about how Florida is a weird state. Most people don't understand. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> it is a little different. Yes, it's, it's a little different. It's different. It's like, it's, a, it's a, it's a pirate Island technically. I've <laughs> just <laughs> kind of in a way. I mean, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, there's, a, there's a little bit of that. Uh, it's, it's a weird. It's hard to explain to people. Like, uh, if you grew up there, you can and you, and you've gotten out of the state a little bit. Yeah. You know, however, by work or by crook or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's a little easier to to digest. But if you have always lived there, you may be a little bit um, and not gone anywhere. It might be hard to have perspective. And for people from the outside, most of them just don't get it at all. Like yeah. they don't have yeah. any so, clue. They're like, what? Florida, Sarasota, what? What was that like? I was like, I know the year I graduated high school, Sarasota like had the highest teenage alcoholic rate in the nation. Like that's, <laughs> you know, I was like, woo Go Florida. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think that's a a uh, maybe a reaction to? Oh, completely. How how like and it, it, it sucks to have to say this, but it's like it is like super right wing Christiany oh, for. But I, I've always thought that maybe some of that, like the amount of churches that are there, yeah. Um, like the only place I've ever been that had that many churches in such a small area was an island in Greece. <laughs> but, but um, uh, it's weird that I think part of it is because there's so many people that are, especially in from like the 60s, 70s, and even, you know, late 50s, like once air conditioning was invented yeah. and all these people started coming down, it was it was a lot of older people, so they were already, yeah. and that's a normal cycle of life. Is when you yep. get a little older and you know that you're going to die, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. people tend to start getting religious. Yeah. Like they start like being introspective and retrospective, even and like, start thinking a, like they're like, was I a dick when I was younger? Let me think about it. Fifty years yeah. later, <laughs> maybe I need to maybe I need to get right with my maker. And it seems like there is some of that there. Like, there's just so many fucking churches. Yeah. And when you go into one, like I've worked in some, or yeah. I've gone to see my friends do something. Yeah. And it's like, boy, it's all fucking old people. Yeah. Like, it's all old almost everyone is old. Yeah. And that was, and that was 20 years ago. Yeah. It's not like a modern thing. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. you know, it, it's, but it's interesting that it's that, you know, having hung out in other states, uh, definitely I think there is a thing like the Bible Belt. That's yeah. a real thing, like going through, yeah. you know, I've been on tour and oh, yeah. you know, you're driving in Indiana or something oh, and, yeah. and Ohio, and you, yeah. there is nothing on but like preachers on the radio. And you're like, what the fuck is this, yeah. dude? This is, this is fucking you know, weird. What's funny, though, is that I think I'm realizing that every area that's like that produces I mean a lot of like good music and a lot of good musicians like those type of areas I think yeah it seems like it, it is like people ask me to this day like why Venice 
Like, it's one thing if you're in, like, Sarasota or Bradenton or some place with a population of some sort. And, like, uh, I think part of it was just a reaction. Like, we were so fucking oppressed on so many levels. Like, because my parents didn't... They tried. Like, if they had their way, I would have never listened to, like, secular, what they call secular, you know, uh, non-Christian music. Um, Even if I was 18, you know, like, I had to sneak it and and go to other people's houses to basically get a good earful of, like, oh, this is rock music's amazing. But I couldn't, like, play it in the house. I couldn't. I had to have an earphone and listen to the radio and, (laughs) like, all that kind of shit. And and so maybe it did, like, cause an inverse reaction in me, like, where since it was forbidden or, because, well, for me it was just interesting, not just forbidden. Right. Like, I was fascinated with the rhythms and the sound. <laughs> and, and so I, I <laughs> dove into it, you know, headlong instead of maybe, who knows, like, maybe if it had been okay for me to listen to, I may not have gotten so into it or something, or at least a style or whatever. Right. Well, if you grew up in a Christian church, did, did you, uh, like I did, did you always question like I did? Did you always... Oh, yeah, exactly. I, 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 uh, it's interesting that you asked that question. I, I think, like, once you start to have the ability to be self-realized, you know, once you're saying whatever second or third grade when you start to have some independence and you right. have and you you know you're, you're starting to be able to rationalize things a little bit i was like boy this is a weird like stuff they're trying to teach me and you're kind of strange yeah. <laughs> and, and you know and then by the time i was old enough to like voice my opinion especially as i started to become like a teenager yeah. by then i had already crossed some lines in the church and I'd gotten kicked out a few times. And, <laughs> and and by the time I was like, I remember I was probably like 11 or 12. I, some guy would come, some hippie dude, who was obviously a former drug addict or whatever. Right. And he would play acoustic guitar for the young kids in the churches. Like, you know, when they were hippies still like yeah. the real hippies. And, uh, <laughs> and the, I remember my, like, being around, my father might have been one of them, that were like, we can't have this guy in here. He's influencing the kid. I can remember the conversation (laughs) and being like, and they were saying things like, he's wearing sandals and all this shit. But he had, like, decent clothes on. He he wasn't dressed like a hippie to come to church for the most part. (laughs) And then then they, they confronted him. And it was a big deal. Like, some of the kids were, you know, so I, of course, walked over and, you know, like you can't, you can't come in here. You have to have shoes on. Right. And he was all like, uh, you know, Jesus wore sandals, uh, the classic hippie uh, line or whatever. <laughs> and I remember thinking, hmm, that guy's right. Yeah. That guy's right. That guy's right. That's Jesus all wore Jesus sandals. wore was sandals, supposedly. So yeah, <laughs> it was funny. Just like, and then you know, just seeing the ragged out, burnout hippie dude blow their minds with you know one one rational statement. Um, <laughs> They then soon after, yeah, that's you know, I don't know if that helped it happen, but I started asking questions, you yeah. know, like the normal questions about and so they were like, You have to sit down with the pastor. Yeah. Like I think they thought the confrontation would subdue me. Yeah. But instead it, it was interesting because like, you know, okay, at least he seemed and this sounds mean, but he was somewhat intelligent. Like he like I asked him questions yeah. and he tried to have answers. Yeah. And then by then I was like 11 or 12 or whatever. And I was like, yeah, well that's a faith-based idea. Yeah. And he's like, well, you are right. That is, you have to have faith. And I'm like, well, I can't tell you then that I have faith because yeah. it, it, what is faith? I don't know where you got <laughs> your information from. <laughs> like you got it from this book that has no real historical context. Yeah. Um, you know, know normal question. People are real. <laughs> right. Like, so I, you know, yeah. I mean, what if I came in and, and by the time I was like 12 or 13, that, that, that guy, not in front of me, he went, the preacher went and told my parents like, 
I don't want him in this church. Because oh, wow. I was, you know, I was asking questions that couldn't be answered, I guess, which were normal questions, not anything special. Oh, totally. just, uh, and then, but it was, you know, he was seen as dissension, right? Well, the thing is, so and my adults, parents were ashamed, yeah. Yeah, and, and they were, you know, questions. of course, tried to reprimand me, and <laughs> then they gave up, you know, the, the normal routine. Yeah. They felt guilty, then they got mad, then they gave <laughs> up, and then they felt guilty for giving up, and <laughs> of course. all those fucking things, so... <laughs> but it, yeah, like it's interesting that you had similar experiences. Yeah. That I used to get in trouble just, all the time at church for stuff like that. Like, you know, like I'd come up with questions and I'd be like, "Yo, dinosaurs, bro," you know, like, <laughs> you know, right? And in like my preacher would tell me, "You're too young to ask questions like that," and I'd be like, "Exactly, exactly. Like, that's what? full on. Like, no, that's, full on." I was like, that's science. Science is older than religion. And they'd be like, whoa. <laughs> and I'd be like, you know, so it was like, I had this, it's funny, yeah. Sarasota, I think all the punk motherfuckers, sorry, but uh, probably had that same experience because I think a large yeah, majority of yeah, us totally. had very... Uh, I mean, if, <laughs> and, and not, and not all people that are into religion are that like narrow-minded by any means but it's just like it's hard to like how like how would you because they look at it kind of like a business even though it's pseudo non-profit like wouldn't you have a person specified for because you know it's going to happen with some of the kids they're going to ask certain questions and and have somebody just interact with them legitimately like yeah you know, like those are some good questions, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's let's, let's about talk those. about them. Yeah, exactly. Instead of <laughs> instead of like you're too young to be asking those questions. Like, like what? okay, <laughs> really? Like that? Now you've basically just told me you're not very bright yeah. and you don't have an answer yeah. for the truck. It's <laughs> it, it's it's mind numbing, but yet those. And I will say those people, yeah. those people often <laughs> run your, your city yeah. or your county, right? Yeah, right? Like, cause that's part of getting elected, especially in Florida is you have yeah. to have some version of uh, a church or a religion attached to you. It's like part of the, even, even now, like when you're a president, like you have to be seen like having some sort of faith, like you have yeah. to. You go to you go to the ceremonies on the big holidays, like they're in church on Easter, they're in church on right. you know that they're playing the game. Christmas or whatever, right? Yeah. Like, really, dude? That you still have to do that to yeah. be? And I think that also tells you how religious the overall mindset of the United States is. Yeah. No, I like agree. even people, even people that aren't religious anymore, still have connected to them like some of the like Christian morality, right. like like views of people for their sexuality right. or you know uh, someone's promiscuity is bad, right. it, it, but it's like well you don't believe in God. Yeah. So, what, what's your rational, rationalization <laughs> as to why promiscuity is bad uh, if it's healthy and not, right. not like transmitting diseases or anything? Like, yeah, it's just a, like, but they don't realize that that came from the society that they live in. Yeah. Like, they've they've acquired a moral or a value that really is bullshit is not secular in the, in the true sense of the word. No, it's, so it's weird. It's kind of mind boggling. The what? I said, it's not humanist at all. Like it's so far removed from humanism. Yeah. Like, it's really, it's crazy. It's a weird thing, but it's hard for us to see because we're in the society, right? Like right. somebody says something and it doesn't really strike your ear as weird. But when you sit down and think about it, you're like, well, that's kind of weird. Like, <laughs> This guy's like a anarcho peace punk, and he's kind of parroting like Christian values. Yeah, like 
why is why I mean, is this guy kind of parroting? This is my thing with the whole religious thing. I was like, the most important things that kind of stuck out to me in the Bible, from what I remember from my teachings, never trust the word of man. So, and that and that was said by either God or Jesus. Never trust the word of man. Large majority of the Bible written by men on mushrooms or peyote or like wheat <laughs> with yeah. mushrooms in it. But like the true words of Jesus, like this gentleman who supposedly existed, even though there's no other historical proof of him outside of the Bible, supposedly his teachings were so anti-government, anti-money, anti-establishment that the rulers at the time in the Jewish Orthodox Church had him killed by the Romans, and and even the and even the Roman Roman uh, the Romans were uh, also involved in the yep. persecution. Yep, yep. Constantine was a good one. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's like you're saying the people that were in control at the time, yep. uh, financially and or just power, yep. were like. No, this guy's got to go. If it's even if the, you know, yeah. I mean, it's if you believe the story, you yeah. would be, you would be like, boy, this guy was kind of like a social anarchist, yeah, and totally. they were like, you got to go. Yeah, <laughs> you, you can't be, you can't be talking that shit. No. And that's that long ago. If you believe the story, two thousand years ago, they, they you still were, can't they talk they about stuff. They definitely weren't putting up with punk rock shit back then. <laughs> they definitely were not putting up. With no, that. I mean. <laughs> The whole, like the whole, if you believe in the character, yeah. he would be like kind of a green agricultural uh, agrarian society anarcho hippie punk kind oh, totally. of person. Oh, for sure, for sure. With a with and a, then, with an ex hooker for a wife. <laughs> yeah, it's like hey, this is my lady. This is my old but lady right here. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's it's strange that the people that worship said icon yeah. don't really, like we were talking about earlier, they don't really dig into the person nope. and or what they're saying even and and be like, boy, that's some pretty heavy shit. Like, yeah. hmm, really shouldn't be lending money for large profit. Shouldn't be such high interest rates. No. Hmm, boy. But yeah, right. people, people make, as with any religion or anything, you know, even punk rock to some degree, mm-hmm. you know, we talk about how, how it maybe isn't what it was and, right. you know, it used to be kind of scary or whatever. Um, and then as people come along that adopt it or parts of it, they kind of mold it into what they want. So now, I mean, in Florida, like half of these, you know, supposed Christians are kind of what would have been Christ's enemy. Yeah. Yeah, like people people lending money, uh, you know, with absorbent rates and yep. and uh, you know power structures and Murderers. messing with the <laughs> land, all these things that he, that they were <laughs> you know that right. Like but yet they've as time has gone on They've kind of like checked off little things like, well, that was then, this is now, yeah, right? Totally like there's all these little caveats that appear <laughs> yeah. to allow them to do things that they probably should know better, uh, aren't Christian, if you want to put it that way, or aren't at least, at the very least, good. Right. No, yeah. It, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird, weird scene when you start <laughs> digging into those that whole thing. I, I it doesn't make a lot of sense. People, I try to tell people about it all the time and how funny it is, and and they just they're like, "How did you grow up?" And I'm just like, "Hey, man, move to Sarasota for a while. You'll figure it out. It's all right. You'll get yeah. it." Yeah, you know. But damn, Dan, uh, it's a. It's a, a definitely like a different. Um, it's like they try so hard to be liberal, but they can't be. <laughs> it's a weird. I mean, I think I have something here. Okay. Have you talked to? This doesn't have to be on the show, but 
but those might be working. Have you ever, you know, a Nick Polk? P-O-L-K. That name sounds familiar, yes. Because we were talking about the same thing. We were talking about doing like a history of like Venice, Sarasota, Sarasota County, basically, yeah, like yeah, punk yeah. rock. Yeah, yeah. And, and part of his experience is basically where mine left off. So he's more like 2000 to okay. not even present, like 2000 to 2010. But he was okay. just talking about similar stuff. Um, his, maybe his beginnings into music and, and everything came from like a Christian version. But by that time, there were like Christian punk bands. Yes. And, and he was just, you know, he's just talking about like everything's over. Just, <laughs> full on, you know, Christian, 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 like every time, everything he did and, but slowly, but surely he got, got worn away a little bit and he got into like different kind of punk bands and stuff. But it was just funny that you are mentioning that. Another, another another (laughs) Sarasota County person, same fucking story. (laughs) 20, 20 years after or 30 years after my story. I'm like, man, that was like 30 years after me and it's still fucking going on. What the hell's wrong with that place? (laughs) It's a weird thought though. Like to think that it's that dominant. Yep. It's crazy. Especially with how the town has changed. And, uh, yeah, yeah. seems to be so many younger people there, but I guess it's people with lots of money and they want it protected. <laughs> yeah. Like, Literally. you know, they even shoot some show out on, I don't know a whole lot about it, but there's like a show, a reality show, like CS the key or something. Oh no shit. Oh. Yeah. It's, I haven't seen it, but supposedly like super hokey. Well, it definitely um, wasn't, as awesome, it. wasn't as awesome as the thongs were back in our days. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, the eighties and my friends were like, were a lot cooler than they are now. But uh, <laughs> yeah, people were just like, "Hey, you have to see this show." Remember yeah. when you guys used to play out there for a Siesta Fiesta? Yeah, like very different, very different times. <laughs> very different times for sure. Yeah, Dan. Uh, thank man. I'm not going to keep you up anymore. I actually have to go make dinner for the lady. Uh, go make dinner. Yeah, I'm going to make some dinner. And uh, like I said, I just bought a house, so the work starts on it this week. So I'm getting into that. So that should be fun. And uh, yeah, man. Thanks for getting back with me. I'm sorry it took so long. There was so much weird stuff with buying this house. It's taken us longer. I have a decent. I'm like. I'm good with my credit, you know, like doing pretty good for a working class fella. And for some reason, this took longer than it would have took a 21 year old to buy a house. I don't know what it was, but, uh, it, uh, your it, political leanings, your <laughs> political leanings. They were like, mm, keep going, keep going, keep going. We've got to look at this guy. Like, fuck this guy. But, uh, I won. So, uh, again, thank you so much for coming on the show and, and talking about the new record. And the, and the travels and, and the history behind when you started it to when you finished it. And uh, and pre- I appreciate you speaking honestly and openly with me about the weird political landscape in which we live and the weird landscape in which we grew up in. And I understand. Yeah, that. they're, they're, understand they're startlingly you're... similar. <laughs> yes. So uh, you have a wonderful evening. And uh, and a good night, and thanks again, my friend. No problem, man. Anytime. Have a good one. You take care. Bye. Bye now.